You are now listening to Final Boss. Episode 22 of Versus the World Podcast with me, your bizarre and boisterous host, the Mighty Shields, aka Thickness Knight, aka Larry Lettuce, aka I'm on Daddy Duty, aka I flex, I flex, I flex, aka Josuke Black, aka Salt Sorcerer Supreme. And this episode is brought to you by the power of parenthood. As you can hear, I have a special guest in my area known as Landon, the mini ball shields over here getting buckets. You getting buckets? Hey, so I don't know how long this pod is going to be. I don't know how long he will allow me to record this, but I'm going to do it, man. And this is just a part of my life. Letting y'all in. Got the baby downstairs on decky. Got baby shark playing on the background. Got my little boy back here, LeBron James, in the, this basketball goal with a football. You know how it be sometimes. Hey, I apologize if this is annoying to you, but this is what you signed up for. So what I got on the docket for you guys this week. Got some gaming news, got some anime news, got about a, a little life section here, and we'll just see how far, let's see how far the current takes me here. So at the time of this recording, March 11th, the Bleeding Edge closed beta, the second closed beta, starts up again this weekend on Xbox Live, and I believe on uh, for Xbox Game Pass users, and that could be on either PC or console. Uh, if you are familiar with the game or familiar with this podcast or the Salt Happens podcast, you would know that me and Yeti of the Salt Happens podcast are very interested in this game. It is a game that I am really looking forward to getting into. And the characters are unique, man. They just announced a dolphin mech. So it's a dolphin and a giant fishbowl connected to a mech. Just just off-the-wall designs like that, man. That's how you get me in there. And I know on the last podcast, I was like, yo, you got to have more than a cool character. But I think there is an exception for a dolphin and a fish tank on a mech. Would you think so? That's hype. So, again, that starts up again, I believe, March 13th. March 13th um, is the day that that starts back up, and it goes through the weekend. Uh, with the release date of that game being on the 24th of March of 2020. Uh, so look for that. And, hey, for those of you who, you know, you got a bargain gamers or looking for a deal on the game, um, this game is going to be released, I believe, at the $29.99 or is, I think it's $39.99 um, mark. So uh, with this being one of the, you know, later in the age cycle or the life cycle of the Xbox, for it being a, a, a situation in which games are costing $60, I think a little sweet $20 discount on a game that you'll have a lot of fun with, especially if you have people to play with, is a good deal all around. And like I said, it was just me and Yeti, it was just two of us, and we had fun. Um, it's a four-man squad, so, you know, there's gonna be some scrubs, but, you know, 
at least you get to look cool dying. You get to die in fashion in that game. And again, it's like I said, the, the character actions and the character situations, the little skirmishes are, are absolutely fun um, and unique to that game, I would believe. Uh, it is, I think, if I'm being honest, it is missing a little something, but I think hopefully that'll be resolved with the full release of the game. I can't really judge it too bad off of a beta. Uh, maybe they'll have more stuff a lot, uh, open up to us on the second beta. But like I said, looking forward to this, and it is definitely a game that I plan on making content for, so be on the lookout for that. So before I move on, let me remind you, the listener, that I have a baby in the background. Got my eyes on him, so there will be some irregular pauses for me to stand up and keep my eyes on him when he goes somewhere I can't see him like this. Hey, what are you doing? H-I-J-K-L-M-N-O-P-A-Q-R-S-A-T-U-V-A-W-X-A-Y-N-Z. Wham! All right, all right. Got the dance break out the way. Got my ab lids I had to do for my son. Hold on, that's what daddy duty's about. So getting back into this news, this gaming news, Joy-Con drift. I know if you've had a Nintendo Switch that you have had issues with your Joy-Con drifting. I know, uh, if you know my situation from the past, I had to send both of my Joy-Cons in. I was getting in the left and the right stick. Sent mine in, it took about three and a half weeks to get mine back. And there was a mix-up with the UPS, so it took me even longer. And I was, I was lost. I was lost without my Joy-Cons. I missed a lot of Pokemon, a lot of Pokemon uh, during that time. And I, I think my my little Pokemon gameplay walkthrough, whatever I was doing on YouTube, kind of suffered from that. But it, you know, kind of is what it is. Kind of roll with the punches. Now, here's the interesting thing. Of why and why I bring up the Joy-Con drift. Nintendo requested that this case be dismissed because there was a case that went to the courts about them releasing a defective product and that it would lead users to experience drift issues. Um, and it was a situation where it wasn't if you're going to get the drift, it was when you're going to get the drift. It was, it's a ticking time bomb. I know people that was, you know, I never got it. I never get it. My Joy-Con's still fine, who are now just experiencing it two years later with their Joy-Cons. And, you know, when you make a product like this, it's a ticking time bomb, you kind of got to, you kind of got to take that L. And Nintendo was not trying to do that. It was actually trying to dismiss, to get this case dismissed in court. And uh, that got rejected. They was like, no, you sit and you hold that L. Now, here's my thing. They are fixing it for free. No matter how old your, your system is, no matter when you got the drift or when you acquired it, they are doing it. My my um, my Switch was out of warranty, and they still covered it, no cost to me. I only had to pay for the shipping, which really wasn't anything. I just put it in the box. They provided a shipping label, all that. Um, but this was a case that was filed back in July of 2019 that has just now got re hold on you all right what you got okay you okay you all right all right i love you hey and i think the main issue is with this joy con drift is that it's not just affecting the people that where this case was had, it, it, like in the US where this case has been filed, it is affecting their products on a global scale. And the fact that they 
are refusing to own up to it, one. Two, they are kind of trying to get it dismissed to kind of erase it from history. It's not going to happen. And I think when you create a product that has such a design flaw in it, it's just a matter of time before you start turning to the people who are like, hey, if you don't, if it's broke, then just buy a new one. And I don't know if you guys are aware, Joy-Cons themselves are $70. That's $70 for a peripheral, for a device that is $300. That is nuts. That is nuts. And if you know anything about Nintendo... <laughs> what is it, baby? It's nuts, baby. It's nuts, baby. Got my little hype man back here. But if you're familiar with, you know, with Nintendo products and how often they go on sale, spoiler alert, they don't. So go to the go to the Nintendo store, go to a, a GameStop and find and see if a launch title for the Nintendo Switch has gone down in price, if any. See if it has depreciated at all. And, it, and I'll guarantee you it hasn't. Hell, Game GameCube controllers are still going at full price, probably even more with the, with the, you know, the, the popularity search and smash. And I won't say popularity search like it just happened. Smash has been popular for a long time, but with, uh, with GameCube kind of suns with a GameCube sunsetting and with it being harder and harder to acquire these controllers. Uh, and I'm not talking about the remakes. I'm talking about the actual full on GameCube controllers. Those things, those things have not depreciated. If any more, if anything, they're more valuable now than they've ever been. And I think to actually resolve this issue, they need to go back to the drawing board and look at how these Joy Cons were were constructed. Look at the design flaw in it and fix that. And my solution to that, and I might be in the minority that thinks this, I will pay more money. Thank you, baby. I will pay more money. I would pay $70 if you convince me or you can convince the people that you have released a Joy-Con or a set of Joy-Cons that actually don't get the drift. Because I think it's been proven or shown on YouTube by people that do Joy-Con modding and Joy-Con deconstruction and reconstruction where the issue lies in the design. And I think if they use that information, the information that is generally made by, I mean, it's made by fans. It's made by people who want the, the product to succeed, the people that like the product, people that are buying your products. I think if they use that information, they can create something. And I don't think people would have an issue buying it. And that's just me being a consumer if we know it's going to work. Because as it stands now, we're just throwing money down the, down the tank. Or we're without a device that we paid to have for upwards of three and a half weeks. But I think there's a lot to be said about you know the judge turning this down like no you can't dismiss this you have to you have to own up to this and we'll see where this goes from here i'll keep you guys updated i'll stay informed about it because this is near and dear to me because i think the switch is probably the the system that i spend the most time on in most recent years and i really want to see this product get better so so like i said we'll see what's going on with that all right after a long long break which you won't be able to detect due to my editing magic. We have reached the part of the show where anything can happen. White Claw Poppy is in the building. <laughs> nah, baby sleep. It's night night. But let's move on to this anime section. I've been doing, I've been slacking on the anime. So I'm going to give you 
two reviews of the anime that I've either finished or I've watched this past week. Starting with mm, some mid, some med mediocre, Gantz. Gantz zeroed the movie on Netflix. It took me a while to get to this, and it's been out for a while. And basically, if you don't know what Gantz is, it's people that have died or passed away, or uh, their their spirit, so to speak, uh, for lack of better words, have been uploaded into a life or death survival game ran by what they call Gantz. And basically, you go after targets, you neutralize said targets, and those targets that you capture or neutralize, they uh, you acquire points from completing the mission, right? So you get a hundred points. Once you once you accumulate a hundred points, you have a couple of options. You have a few options. You get any wish you want granted, meaning it. And I don't think there's a limit. You can bring people that, that have died back to life. Um, you can choose to get upgrades and stay in the game. You can use them to resurrect yourself, meaning that you can leave the death game and go back to a normal life and your life and your memories will be erased of the said Gantz game and you can continue to live on your normal life. Now, I don't remember because I read the manga. I don't remember if there was a stipulation because I remember uh, one of the main characters came back. He, he went back. He got resurrected. He died again and then he came back to the game. Um, so I don't know if there's stipulation on what you can or cannot get back into the game with, but I have to go back and reread it. And I reread it a long time. I, I mean, I read it a long time ago, but this, and, and I, I hate to compare a, a movie, uh, something that they had to fit two hours in, into the manga that was Gantz. Gantz to this day, no matter if I remember most of it or not, is still the parts that I do remember still make this manga my favorite manga of all time and it is and i mean i hold a lot of anime a lot of properties and high regards but this one did so many things it went it messed with horror it went through sci-fi it went through mech it went through shonen basically it did everything that i would want to see in my media all in one franchise and i don't think it I don't think too many other uh, titles can can capture the things that Gantz was able to do. Um, and it was relevant at the time. So at the time, you had people like... Uh, it was current with the current state of events, the current news. So you'll have like images of oh, like uh, the president or like uh, pop culture figures and things like that in there. So very good for a time. I'll tell you what. This movie is some heavy men. Um... I think they spent a lot of time, you know, modeling these characters and giving said jiggle physics to whatever they thought they could, but the story's just not there. And I think the story in the movie itself is kind of uh, bits and pieces from the manga. And when you try to put them in this one, especially somebody who's familiar with the material, it is it does not make sense. The part, this, this little section, this little, um, vertical slice slice of the the manga if you will that they tried to use for this movie does not fit the timeline of the manga at all but was it fun to watch yeah was the monsters cool yeah was the the combat cool that's a yeah was it bloody yeah was it gory kinda is it something that i would recommend you go out of your way to watch no i wouldn't i wouldn't if anything i would suggest you read them uh the manga the manga is so much better than this 
by by a hundredfold, a hundredfold. I know people say tenfold, a hundredfold, a hundo. I think you would be you would be better off spending your time reading that. That and it's a pretty long manga uh, series anyway. You you your time would be much better used reading that. All right, moving on to my second thing that I watched. Um, I rewatched SSSS.Gridman. Okay. What I didn't know when I watched it the first time that I learned the second time is that this is a part of the Ultraman franchise. And for me, Ultraman holds a special place in my heart due to the fact that when I was growing up, my dad had two things he used to talk to me about all the time as far as, you know, nerd culture or, or uh, uh, pop culture is related. And it was Spider-Man, which is still my favorite superhero to this day. And I, I that is because of my father and Ultraman, which I missed the boat on. I never got to see Ultraman. And when I found out that this was part of that franchise, I had to rewatch it and watch it through that lens of like my father being excited about seeing Ultraman, seeing these kaijus fight. You know, I, I watched a lot of Godzilla, King Kong when I was growing up. I did not remember any Ultraman. So this was, you know, this was special to me. And I don't know if I took that into the series the second time when I watched it, but it was, it's so well done. It's it's animated by Studio Trigger. For those of you who are familiar with anime um, in the studios, it's animated by Studio Trigger. It was super well done, super planned out. Um, it almost felt like Power Rangers in a sort of a way, just the way that they, you know, the different characters interacted with each other. And I won't get into spoilers or anything like that, but I think this is a really well done anime. And a very good. If you're not familiar with Ultraman, this is set, this is far removed from the franchise enough that you don't have to watch, you know, all the previous ones. This is something on its own, and I think you can appreciate. And that's all I'm gonna say about that. I recommend this one. This one, if I had to give it a rating out of, uh, uh, you know, a one to ten scale, this is easily a nine point five. Nine point five. There's a couple of qualms I had with like the ending and some of the characters, but. All in all, it's really well animated. Characters have great development. I wish, uh, th on that note, this is one of my qualms I have with it. And it might bump it down to a 9 now that I'm thinking about it. Not even an 8.5. I say great character development, but that was with the main characters. There are some sub-characters that are important to the story that I wish I would know would have known a little bit more about. But with it being, I think it was like 13 episodes, 12 episodes, I don't know how much time they had to kind of flesh those out. So let me bump it down to, to a 9 or 8.5. Let me do that. I already retracted my statement. So just due to the character, and that's big um, because they are important. But yeah, definitely watch it though. Definitely recommend you watch that. It's only 12. Just get it out of the way. It's real quick. So it's available on Crunchyroll, I believe. Um, I'm not sure about Netflix, but I did. I watched it on Crunchyroll. But let's see what else I got on my docket here. Let's move on to the life section. Okay. Speaking of life, you heard part of my life in the first part of this pod. Landon, uh, my son, my, my little hype man, my little motivation. So what, before I had, before we, you know, we, were, we me and my wife decided we were going to have kids. Or I think we always knew we wanted a kid. But I wanted a son specifically so I could experience watching wrestling or professional wrestling with him like i did with my dad like i did with my uncles and having that feeling of us cuddling together on a on a wednesday or a thursday or a friday and watching or monday um watching 
wrestling. I mean, they, that's on a lot now. But um, just watching these professional wrestlers and their gimmicks and getting caught up with the kayfabe. And it was just like, that was my childhood. That's what I loved. That's what I grew up on. And I think when I, when I found out I was having a son, my heart kind of lit up with the desire of getting back into WWE or getting back into whatever wrestling franchise is popular at the time that has, you know, the best wrestlers. And I'll be honest with you, I, I'm having a love-hate relationship with, with what I'm seeing right now, what I'm seeing currently. There are a few gimmicks that I really like. Uh, New Day is one of them. Um, they're a group of... Uh, a group of black wrestlers that are, you know, spreading positivity in the community, not only just in the wrestling community, making it, you know, making it light, but also on YouTube. You know, you had Xavier Woods on YouTube with his Up, Up, Down, Down, his video game series that's doing really well. You got Kofi Kingston, who is doing things like, you know, his shoe game and, you know, showing his hype beast stuff on Instagram and, you know, doing his advertisements for that. I'm not sure what Big E does, but he's cool, too. <laughs> <laughs> he's a big dude but uh along with that like there's this group and they look like just regular just regular big dudes they're called heavy machinery and this is going over a lot of people's head this is this is the episode this is the nerd nerd episode by the way so if you listen to this for um the the goofiness and stuff it'll be here but this is mainly this is me just getting some nerd stuff off my chest but yeah, Heavy Machinery, he's just this big dude that does these dances, and he's like a big, like, goofy-looking dude, and people bounce off of him. He's a fun, he's a fun gimmick, but what I was, what I found is that a lot of the wrestlers that were wrestling when I, when I was still into it, into it, are still wrestling now. Like, The Undertaker is still wrestling. I mean, The Undertaker was old when I was a kid. I'm 30, I'm about 31, about to be 32. He was he was old when I was watching them. Even when he was going through his like American badass phase, when he was like obsessed with Kid Rock, it would seem. But it's just like he's back with his geriatric ass in the ring, doing half-ass choke slams, breaking every bone in his spine. <laughs> and I'm like, why is he here? Why is he here? Why is Ric Flair still around? I know Charlotte Flair, his daughter's still in, and she's a really good wrestler, but. Yo, why are these old men still here? If I swear to God, if I see Hulk, I, that's another one. The Hulk, Hulk, um, Hulk Hogan. He was doing his little Skype in promo, like little bump, whatever, for somebody he was supporting going into one of the pay per views. And he had his arm up and he was doing his old brother. His rah, rah, brother. He was waving his arms. And you see his little mom flap just going underneath his, like, yo, look how the mighty have fallen. Jeez, man, he was the goat back then, and now, you know, <laughs> a couple of decades and a few n words later, look at Hulk Hogan now. He <laughs> he's looking crazy. But I remember. Side note, I went to a convention here in Kansas City, Kansas City Comic Con. I think it was two years ago, and Ric Flair was there, and I was super excited about it because in the on the pamphlet on the flyer they had a picture of how of old rick flair and i'm talking about like not even like nature boy rick flair from like when my dad was a kid but like four horsemen rick flair so he was he was getting there he was kind of old like wcw rick flair i was like cool this guy's aging like fine wine and then 
he get there and his skin is all peeling on his face got all these lipid spots on his head and i'm like you are a shell of what you of what you once was i'm not paying to get an autograph from you I, that's gonna diminish the memory i have of you I, I'm, I'm okay with that i'm okay with you living in, living as nature boy the rick flair rick flair the nature boy in my head for the rest of my life and the vision that i have of you and that's fine and they always say like you should never meet your heroes and that was another that was another case of that that was a perfect example of that but going back to the topic of wrestling and watching it with my son so if you're not familiar with the wwe they have acquired a time slot on the fox net on the fox channel so that's local cable that's local channels you don't even need cable for it. it's just local channels basic cable basic cable they are on fox on fridays and it's like it's a perfect opportunity for me to watch wrestling with landon my son and you know get hype about it again kind of learn some of these wrestlers again that soon turned into a mistake here's why i was clearly clearly underestimating how much of my influence is in my son meaning i for a split second forgot that i am a nut okay so by by making a child who is also which i have found a nut when he's watching wrestling, he was almost too bad about it to see, oh, that's what we watching now? That's what we doing? Okay. Come here, Mr. Teddy Bear. Come here, man, man. That's what he calls Spider-Man, man, man. We going for a ride. So he's choke slamming, he's pinning, he's slapping, he's punching, and he's just a ball full of hype. And I'm like, oh my God, what have I done? What have I done? So until so much like the nba uh this is i'm recording this again on the uh 11th of march much like the nba the wwe is on hiatus from this house until further notice not due to the coronavirus but due to my son being so willing to inflict his will and inflict violence on his stuffed animals after watching literally 30 minutes of wrestling he is one. That might be an issue in the future. I'm at the check on that. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, it's coming back. I'm still watching it. I still, I'm still a fan of professional wrestling in any format. So I'll find a way to let it back into the house. So this has been episode 22 of versus. <laughs> You can find me on all your major streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Radio Republic, all those joints, man. I'm going to get back on my YouTube. I may even transition to streaming a little bit more just due to the fact that I feel like I can get a lot more done if I just do that. And then, you know, just cycle the good stuff over to YouTube. <laughs> Working smart, not harder. But, um, yeah, if nothing else, man. Be careful out in these streets. Make sure you wash your hands. Make sure you wash your ass and uh, drink that water. We out.